Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father God, thank you for this day you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you, Lord, that we find ourselves in the house of God, listening to the word of God. Because of your mercy, uh, we have not been consumed. We have not been destroyed. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, bring clarity to our thoughts. Father, if it wasn't for your word, we would be in a dark fog. We wouldn't understand which way is up, which way is down. Allow us, Father God, this morning to order our steps according to your word. Allow your word to be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit, Lord. We want fruit that remains, fruit that is not easily shaken and fallen. We pray, Father God, that we would be part of what you're doing upon the earth, serving our generation in the will of God. We pray that our minds might be renewed, that we not be conformed to this world, that we have more the words of your spirit than the statistics on ESPN, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that your word would be a double-edged sword and it would pierce our hearts and divide between the soul and the spirit. We pray, Father God, that we would nourish ourselves from your word, for you have said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Allow your word this morning, Lord, to give us an understanding of wisdom. And we pray, Father God, that you be glorified and that we might fill the earth with your glory. Uh, bring us the courage and the boldness to speak in a generation where people are speaking so many things, but there's such a confusion on the landscape. Allow us to speak your word and to bring clarity to our family, to our children, to our community, to the nations of the world. We pray in Jesus' name and all the people say amen, amen. We started last week with uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 1 where Paul insists that, um, that Titus, as a young man, is starting a church in Crete, an uh, island off of Greece, and he says, this is how you're supposed to do things. And he goes through chapter 1, um, and he speaks a little bit. And then he speaks on chapter 2, the first verse. He says, but as for you, speak those things which are proper for sound doctrine. We talked about this last week. Um, sound doctrine is that, that course of uh, instruction that allows you to finish well. If you go off of sound doctrine, um, you can use the word false doctrine. And a lot of people are, they've embraced false doctrine. Uh, it's a doctrine without the cross of Christ. It's a doctrine without obedience. It's a doctrine that you seek pleasure. Um, in fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, that in the last days they would not suffer. They would not endure sound doctrine. Um, but they would heap up teachers that would tell them what they want to hear. The time will come, well, they will not suffer sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. A, a theology that lets you do whatever you want is false doctrine. Uh, pretty much sound doctrine is denying self, not doing what, you, what Jesus said in the, in the garden. Father, not my will, thine be done. Not, not doing what you want, pretty much. That's why it hurts so much, because it goes against 
what your own desire is. Uh, some people says that that's what the cross is. It's God's desire, you know, where your desire meets. And what are you going to do when what God wants and what you want are different? You deny yourself because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers and um, the teachers will tell them what they want to hear. And I would first be dead than want to be a pastor responsible for sharing God's word and tell people what they want to hear. There's a contradiction. Um, a lot of people avoid church because uh, they don't want to hear these things. I, I can tell when somebody's backslidden, they just stop coming to church. Uh, about a year ago or so, we had a young man here at the church, and um, he went up to the youth leaders, and he says, you know something? In my house... This is what he said. He's, about, he's in his 20s. He said, in my house, my grandmother rules the roost. What's that mean? She doesn't listen to her husband. She does whatever she wants. We call that a witch, um, respectfully, um, because that's rebellion. The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So as soon as she found out that she was unmasked, that she runs the family, I never saw her at church again. What happened? She doesn't want to, you know, to that, for that stuff to be seen. So when people are not getting their way, they stop coming to church pretty much. And, and so they get backslidden. I don't know where they're going to go. To what, what church would you go to that will tell the woman that she's to rule the roost? That, that's not God's order in no, no way, shape, or form. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into going back to sound doctrine because a lot of people say, well, you always revert back to men or women. What's wrong with you? Because that is the bottom line. Uh, Titus 2.1, he says, I want you to concentrate on sound doctrine. Don't get off into the fuzzy. I know that we're very creative and people, hey, I want to know the deep things of God. Um, Friday discipleship was funny because one, one lady goes into discipleship class and we're discipleship 101. It's just, it's God is, is the creator of everything and the Bible is his word. And she's like, I already know this and I don't need to hear this. And this is like kindergarten. And she stormed out. She didn't want to be a part of the discipleship class. I'm like, I would love to be in a discipleship class that's telling me what the Bible says. Uh, you don't get demon possessed because they're telling you things you already know. Um, you know, Paul says, I don't, I'm not growing tired of telling you the same things. If anybody's telling you new creative things, be careful. Because a lot of people like to eat on that fuzzy stuff. Well, I'm going to a place now. They're telling me things I've never heard. I'm like, be careful. Because those things will get you in trouble. Sound doctrine is the basic premise of the Christian faith. And a lot of people get into crazy, look, all the yoga, um, Shirley MacLaine, channeling spirits, spirituality, I hear voices, I had a dream last night, God told me this about you. Be careful with people that tell you about their dreams about you. Don't, don't let people talk that they, last night I had a dream about you. You tell them, look, you get the dreams about you all right first. Because God's not going to give you a dream about another person. He's going to give you a dream about you. And pretty much he's going to say, you are messed up. 
But those people that are always commercing in the, in the sublime and the third heaven and they got a revelation from an angel that walked into the room and they saw some green smoke, run from those people. I know if this was a Christian church, amens would be off the roof. That's fine. That's fine. No, you guys are into dreams. But listen to me. You get demon possessed too. You're not, you're not walking in sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is the basic tenets of the Christian faith. It's, it's, it's simple. It's sincere. It's not confusing. Oh, you're, brother, you're not going to understand this revelation. I don't want to understand that revelation. You, you continue with that funny stuff, you're going to end up in a funny place. I want the simple things. I want the things that, that my, my, I can teach my children. This one guy came in here one day. He was like, uh, what's your doctrine on? I said, wait a second. Don't tell me anybody. Because I, I can tell they come out, they come into the church, and they want to, they want to do the funny dance. And they say, what, what has the church has? I said, wait a second. I, I call it a Down syndrome boy. He was about 18 years old. I sat him down. I said, explain to him what you're going to tell me. And he looked at the guy. He's like, I can't tell him what I got. He's Down syndrome. I said, see, the difference between what you have and I have is he understands what I could give him, and I gave him a hug. See the difference between what you have and what I have? You have religion. You have some weird stuff. But what we have blesses people in all places. So, so that, that is powerful. And so that's what we're, we're, we're Corinthians. I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I just want to explain something. He says, you could speak the mysteries of God. You could speak in tongues of angels. You could have deep revelation. If you have not love, you have nothing. So that, that is the basic premise. So when we're getting into this stuff, um, speak those things which are proper for sound doctrine. It's, it's those things that are just really easy to stay on course. Verse 2, it says that men, and so we went through this last week. If you weren't here, you missed it. Get a copy of it. But we're going to go on to verse 3 where it says, and women. So sound doctrine is not only about what men do upon the earth. We talked about extensively last week. Today we're going to get into what women do. And, and holy moly, um, it only took one verse to talk to the men, but three verses to talk to the women. Why? Because women are super complex. And you can teach a woman all you want. She's going to come up with her own thing anyways. You, you can try and give her the basics. She's going to give you a Bible study on what she thinks. The older women, not talking about older gray hair, is talking about mature women. So I love the fact about this church that the young women are old women. In other words, the young women are mature. They have an expression of sobriety about them that is supernatural. Um, listen to me. I, I went to get a haircut yesterday. And what is big about getting a haircut yesterday, I left my phone in the office. Um, that's fine. I, I went to get a haircut, and as I walked into the door... I grew up going to get haircuts, and I know that women dye their hairs at a certain age in life. And there were like three or four colors. There was like gray, brown, maybe brown, maybe light blonde. That's it. I mean, there's like 10 colors that were the basic colors of a woman's hair. Yesterday, they have a new sample. And it was all the colors of the freaking rainbow. 
bright yellows, greens, blues, orange, red, like lucky charms. It's crazy. You're laughing. I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm so sad. Because all this does is that things are super twisted in our day, my friend. And, and you think that this is simple stuff. You're like, okay, pastor, you talked about what men are. And to you, you're talking about women. No, listen to me. It, the mature women, just like they said about sound doctrine with the men, is that they be reverent. Um, there needs to be a respectful air about you. Sort of a, a reverence that you're in the room. There needs to be some, some sacred understanding that, that a woman has come into our midst in behavior. Way before you get to be theological in the depth of your biblical instruction and theology, I want to see how you act. What, 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 does, what does your life say? Oh, que viene la bruja. Here, here comes the, here, whatever the, the influence is, is, it needs to be in a manner that it speaks louder than your words. Not impressed by deep theological learning, but by an attitude of the heart that elicits conduct. Now, the devil wants to twist Men's conduct, he wants to twist women's conduct. He, he wants their behavior um, to be contrary to God's design. So I, I don't know why, uh, as soon as it talks about behavior, it, it, it quickly goes to the area of the mouth. Do you know a woman who doesn't speak much? Doesn't exist upon the earth. They're famous for drawing an audience. And, and, and when they begin to talk, they don't, they're not quiet. Uh, my daughter, poor my daughter. Says, I, want, I want to make a disclaimer here. I have a wife who I love passionately and a daughter that is my world and a mom who's been exceptional. I know some people have had moms and wives and daughters that they're not very attractive to, but these women are my world, and I would never say anything to hurt any woman in any place on planet Earth. Never. I'm, I, I'm, the, I'm the biggest cheerleader. For the, and I start out my men's conference talking about how phenomenal women are. And I say men are a single-engine Cessna. They're just one propeller, the men. But the woman is the Starship Enterprise. She boldly goes where no man has gone before. She'll freak you out. She'll leave you behind. She'll leave you in the dust. You can't, you can't compete with her. You'll lose. doesn't matter what, what the, the, the scenario. So there is no issue there. But, but I know the difference between a godly woman and an ungodly woman. When we started this church, I said it last week, we, we, we started with, a, with, with a, a teaching on godly man or Peter Pan. We taught, we taught on godly women or wicked witch. This was 20 years ago. And you're like, Pastor, doesn't that get old? No. No. This is prime time, my friend. This never expires. Can't leave home without it. You're going to need it around the world. So, so this thing about godly woman or wicked witch... Um, this is just an attitude of the heart, behavior, and, and what comes out of your mouth, your words. And listen to me, there's nothing more wicked than when a woman opens her mouth in a foolish way. So you got to be careful. I, I've seen six foot, six foot seven, 
animal men, like that, gorillas. And then they have these little wives, man. Forget about chihuahuas, man. These things tear up the land. They will size up the man and they're like, like what, what happened? They're done. You don't, you don't even start a, a conversation trying to win what a woman's going to tell you. She's going to beat you every time. So, so the Bible talks about the conduct of the heart and it talks about the substance of the mouth. And then not giving up to much wine. Um, that, that has to do with sobriety. That has to do with emotion. Because God has put incredible weight of sentiment. And when a woman starts crying in front of you, that's it. Just give her the keys to your car, your house. Give her your bank account. Give her everything. Because she sways in her emotion a nation. She could, she could sway a nation in the direction that it's going. And, and incidentally, I just want to say um, that yesterday there was three women's conferences on the landscape. One in Miami, one in Peru, and one in Spain. And I was simultaneous watching these women conferences. Like, Pastor, you watch women? Yes, I do. I need to keep a track on what's going on. And in Spain, they were roaring like lions. In, in Peru, they were like, I was like, I don't want my wife ever to turn into one of those. I want my wife to have a quiet and peaceful spirit. I, I don't want my wife to turn into a gorilla overnight. No, 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 no. So... This expression of what God wants, and, and it's the semblance of what's being twisted at levels that are crazy. So Miami had a women's conference. I, I, here's, here it is. I'm speechless. You women, I'm talking to you today. No, you guys are acting like, I wonder who he's talking about. I'm talking about you. I'm talking to the women today because we're talking about something. Last week we talked to the men. You need to be super in line with what God designed you to be or the world will make you what God never designed you to be. Instead of you walking in the role of God's design, just a whole bunch of things will take you in an opposite direction. They'll sequester you. It started back in the 60s and 70s. They, they started about... I don't know if you guys remember, I, I, when I was young, must have been 10 years old, and the dad says, hey, we're going to the barber. So we say, okay, come on, let's go grab our brothers, and we go to the barber. And, and my mom would go to the beauty salon. And then when I turned around 13 years old, they said, there's not going to be any more barbers, and there's not going to be any more beauty salons. We're going to unisex this thing. What the heck? What the heck is unisex? Unisex is that you both get to go to the same place. You, you don't go to the barber no more. You don't go to the beauty salon. You go to the unisex. And at the unisex, the men come out looking like women, and the women come out looking like men. They just transformed in, in, in the last 35, 40 years, there's been a shift going in the opposite direction of God. And it's been so subtle. But guess what, guys? I want to tell you, we have arrived. Amen. We have arrived where men don't know 
what a man is like. Yesterday I went to have dinner late at night with my wife. I was walking through a mall. And the women were walking like guys. And the guys were behind the women pushing the babies. They had the baby carriages. I was like, ooh. What's going on? The feminization of men and the masculination of women. And if it doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies, that might be on you already. That's not what God created. God clearly defined. I know you're looking at me weird because we're living in a time where there is no deference. I'll show you clearly where this is going in a manner that is not consistent with sound doctrine. A fashion whose newfound propensity is called gender flipping. It's no longer unisex, which turned to androgynous, which turns to gender flipping. And my friend, there are elements upon this earth that want to flip your gender. And they start out by saying, we're living in a post-gender era. What's that mean? There is no distinction. There is no distinction. So Vulgar Magazine, how many have read Vulgar Magazine? Vogue? <laughs> this is the premier fashion magazine of our day. They decided that they would publish an article, 2013, that's six years ago. That's called the, the gender, I need to find it, it's super important, the gender agenda, May 2013, where a U.S. swimming Olympic champion, Casey Ledger, is interviewed because she would become the first woman to sign in the men's department of a fashion agency. There she is. And her whole expression is, how could I as a woman look like a man? Because this is freeing equality. This is break free. Now, finally, we have arrived to not need to be a woman or to be a man. A woman could be a man. She says, I happen to be a woman just because of the sheer luck of the biological roulette. No, my friend, God created you to live for his glory in that design which he created. You don't need to flip. You don't need to switch. You don't need to resist. One person would interview her and says finally um, this gender fluidity of women wearing menswear girls borrowing from boys the ambisexual rule of clothing post gender finally we have the perfect man We, finally, the perfect man. Twisted. 
totally incongruent with what God's instruction is. She's getting noticed by all the major taste makers in fashion. Because fashion and music are leading the charge, bringing people to the right existence. It's only right and natural. The vision of the whole spectrum of normality. We finally have it. She can look feminine and masculine depending on her preference. Modeling is trying to get away from defining gender specifically to male or female when it's no longer needed. This, this trend, um, it, you say, okay, is, does it stop there? Are you done? Is she the perfect man? She says, all my life I've been exploring questions about what it means to be in this body. I want to take the charge to say that the older women must teach the younger women. Because they do not have a clue. Left alone, they don't know what they're going to do. And, and the wickedness of these women who go around twisting behavior, twisting their words, twisting conduct creates chaos. These two women are leading the pack ahead of the girls. Fashion is at the head of the rest of the world when it comes to gender identity. Soon there will not be even female or male divisions of modeling. Soon there will be no uh, models wearing what looks good on their bodies without preference to sexuality or gender. Accepting all genders, all types of clothing. These general influences are brought on the landscape by mass media have been thoroughly observed. The mass media launches images and they are credited with defining masculinity in the American society. So you'll see that they're using mannequins and they dress the mannequins in skinny jeans. And you'll see them wearing all manner of stuff to break down the charge of masculinity. Now, this is... Canadian pop singer Celine Dion and this is her commercial of a new clothing line for children ages 0 to 14 watch this Celine Dion yeah girl and I'm Beyonce I'm calling my agent <laughs> it's okay it's okay I'm Celine Dion. Our children, they are not really our children, as we are all just links in a never-ending chain that is life. For us, they are everything. But in reality, we are only a fraction of their universe. Witch, that's a witch right there. That's witchcraft. I can't believe they called security. I'm not spending the night in jail. Holy shit. Easy. I'm Celine Dion. Yeah, girl, and I'm Beyonce. I'm calling my agent. 
Celine knew, knew, knew. Zero to 14. I mean, how do you not know if you're a boy or a girl by the age of 12? But this is a clothing line from zero to 14. Gender neutral. You notice there's no blues. There's no pinks. They don't want a baby boy to be blue. They don't want that gender reveal scenario. They, they want to continue to permeate. You're not a boy or girl until you're old enough to decide for yourself what you want to be. And again, we thought the Bible was an outdated, irrelevant book, and we're going back to sound doctrine. And so we need to delineate that the older women be reverent, that they have such a behavior in that, that, that season or that direction, not slanderers the way you speak. I couldn't believe yesterday, again, having dinner with my wife and looking around at the landscape at the restaurant, the loudest voices, the most obnoxious voices in the evening were undisciplined women. Just totally have lost the charge of their procession. Not given to much wine, be careful with not that you be a drunkard, but that you would be sober. Sobriety uh, will be, be, be called uninfluenced by emotion. Teaching things that are good. That you be known for those things that you mark in the lives of the people. We have women that are raising their daughters to be outright witches. And you curse your daughter forevermore. Having a louder opinion than, and, and we've been dealing with my daughter. She's 18 years old. She says, I already know what I'm going to do for life. I'm going to have a restaurant. We're going to serve this. We're going to go here. We're going to go that. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm glad you have plans for your husband already. Oh, I'll put him as a cashier. No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to follow him and serve him and help him become a champion. Because you were created for such a time as this. We just celebrated Purim. It's the greatest feast in the Jewish holiday is a woman who is delivering an entire people group. You're not to serve yourself. She, Mordecai says, if you do your own thing, God's going to use somebody else. If you walk in your own self-preservation, that's pride. If you walk serving yourself, God's going to raise up another in your place. But deliverance is going to come nonetheless. And so these, these things, man, we're, we're, going, we're going heavy here. I've never heard a sermon like this. I've never heard a preacher that wants to walk in this. I, I could just imagine that if you cut against the grain, the, the whole church boycotts. We're, 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 we're not going to church no more. Why? Because we're the women. We're going to do whatever. The lions roar. The she-man, he-man's club. Or it's the she-man, he-man's. One, one of the ladies says last night, I was eavesdropping. She, she said like this. You know why I'm out here having dinner with you? Because my husband. I was like. <laughs> she called her husband. Has been. Now, I don't know what that means. Does anybody know what that means? That means he got left behind. Has been. He's, he's something of yesterday. And I wouldn't be out here having dinner with you guys if I didn't leave him behind. So she wasn't saying my husband. That was once upon a time. 
this poor derelict of a person, the way she was speaking about her husband, I was like, my goodness, is, is this a joke on me? I was telling Yvette, man, Yvette had to live under this scrutiny. Isn't that crazy? I really expect a woman to have the factions of what God designed. I, I really don't, I don't know. I hope my sons never marry a girl with cotton candy, bright pink hair or orange or yellow or rainbow colors for that matter. It's just we're living in a world that's crazy. And so here, teachers of good things, because the one who's running the gambit of what even the men wear are the women. They have, verse 4, let's go to verse 4. That they admonish the younger women. Admonish is call their attention to focus upon attending to their husbands. Listen. I understand that not everybody is focused upon losing their life and walking in such a way that honors God and fills the earth with the glory of God. I understand that. I understand there's Celine Dion's out there. I don't even know if she has children or grandchildren, but she wants her grandchildren not to be told if they're girls or boys until they're 14. And that's an abomination. That, that is the most grotesque. It should bring a sentiment, not of, wow, that's cool. That's curious. I want that fashion for my, for my lineage. I want them to be confused about if they're women or men or in between, a little of both. No, they admonish the women to focus on living for their husbands. Who in our age is living for their husband? Who is doing that? A godly woman. And the older godly women are teaching the younger one. I screwed up. I didn't live for my husband. I, I live for, what is that, Revlon or, or Mary Kay or God knows what you live for. You woke up super early in the morning to rush to uh, an institution. And your husband has no breakfast. He has no clean clothes. You don't even know how to cook. You don't know how to attend to the husband. You don't know how to be about the house chores. That, that's a woman of God. And, and the women of God need to promote this. I've said this often. I'm guessing you've figured it out already. I'm not a woman. <laughs> What's that mean? I'm not to teach this stuff. You are. And when you don't teach this stuff, you curse your children. You curse your sons. I hope your son doesn't marry a woman like his mother who's never home. Who doesn't like home. Because home is where the family resides. And that is our greatest sacred treasure. And so when I met Yvette... And, and there was plans to be a doctor and, and to, to, to cure cancer and, and find the disease. I said, listen, if that's your vocation, go. My passion is to raise up godly seed. Children for the glory of God. Young men that know what a wife is. 
and knows her place and knows her disposition. And we have championed four world changers for God's glory. There's nothing missing there. And then all of Yvette's friends that wanted to be lawyers and they wanted to be businesswomen, they wanted to have family, they wanted to live in Coral Gables and drive a Mercedes. Broken homes. Just derelict children. Broken marriages. Broken homes. Broken children. Why? Because God's design is the best. And sell your car and buy a bicycle, but stay at home. It's only a brief amount of time. And you're sacrificing the glory of God upon the earth. And so I understand not every woman's going to do this. I understand that. Oh, but I'm a single mom. I know. I'm, I'm super sorry for your husband not carrying his charge and for you not choosing a man of God to marry the first thing I told Yvette, uh, Genesis 3.19, I told Yvette, we were young. We were super young. I hadn't even started working. And I said, this is on me because the Bible says from the sweat of my face, from the sweat of my brow. See, well, I, I, I was young. There was no pastor telling me, keep your wife at home. There was no church saying, God forbid. My pastor would say, you both have to work because you're not going to make it. B.S. Baloney. A bunch of baloney. Our God is faithful to supply our every need beyond measure. And so they said, she has to work. And she has to, she has to go. And I said, no, honey, listen. From the sweat of my brow, we're going to eat. I'm going to provide. I'm going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. To make sure you have everything and my children have everything. And you will not go do somebody else's bidding. You will not. And I know the men in here hate that. There's a man launching their wives out there like arrows in the workplace trying to take it easy. They'll never see the glory of God because they, they haven't set themselves to depend on God. Going back to Titus 2, 3 i got to wrap it up here. That they admonish the women to have their husbands, to love their children. That would be my primary focus. In the, in the old days, they used to grab their children and go and sacrifice them at the altar of Moloch. These idols and these, these things that cause you to usurp God's priority. Here, here you go. You can have my child. <sighs> Molestation. Just a bunch of stuff things that will come and mess with their hearts because they don't know the paradigm of the house. Verse 5, these that will tend, that they would be discreet, that they would be chaste, hummus makers. Homie, ham and ham. What the heck is that? What's, what's a home? Who has a home nowadays? Who has a place to go back to where there's somebody who's who's worked out a nest. As, as I read Deuteronomy 22.5, God's heart was like, whoa, 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 whoa. let women not wear men's clothing. I hate this. Let's go there. Deuteronomy 22.5. I got to hurry up. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man. Somebody want to send Vogue that? No, because they don't care about what God thinks. 
you're not to put the fashions, I don't care how cool they are, that are masculine on feminine, and a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. Guys are wearing high heels in Europe now. High heels. When we went to Switzerland, I was seeing the ads on the middle of the street. I wanted to throw up because the devil wants to distort God's glory, God's creation. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. So the devil wants you to be an abomination to God himself who loves you and gave his son for you. And then in the midst of this declaration about the swapping of the gender flipping reality that God does not like this, he's not pleased by this, he doesn't want anything to come near this place, and you have all these guys wearing a man bun? What the heck is a man bun? I call it a ponytail, and it belongs on a woman. And one man came from South America. He, well, he was suicidal. He was a drug addict. He came to the airport. He had long hair. I said, my friend, we need to go get you a haircut. And he's like, no, not my hair. And so I took him straight to the barber and whoop, whoop, cut off all his curls. I go, I can't bring you to my house looking like this because my boys are going to think you're a girl. And he was calling his mom, oh, me están cortando el pelo. Because they cannot size up to an expression that honors God. Now, in the midst of this verse right here, the next verse says like this. And if you're walking down the street and you see a nest, verse 6, fall to the ground. How many have ever seen that? If a bird's nest happens to be before you when you're walking down the street, if in any tree or on the ground, with young ones or eggs, with the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall surely let the mother go and take the young for yourself that it might be well with you and that you might prolong your days. I'm not walking down the street nowadays seeing a nest on the ground with young babies on the ground. I'm seeing mothers who could care less about what God has said in his word. And they think that they could do whatever they want and they're going to have an expression of glory. And you have departed from sound faith, my friend. Now, I'm just going to leave it on you, women, to understand that we have gone the opposite wrong way. And when you miss your exit and you get back on track, you got to go twice as fast in the same direction to catch up to what you've lost. And there's nothing replaceable about you not attending to the ways of your household to your marriage and to your children and when your husband tells you that he cannot make it you say my friend you better go find a God big enough and faithful enough to allow you to prosper so that our family prospers for his glory because there's a bunch of mama bears out there that are saying honey you don't need to work because mama bear is here and mama bear will tow the line. And mama bear will tear up the landscape. And she will curse her offspring. Right. Now, I'm not supposed to be teaching this stuff. Well, I am, but, but the women need to teach the women. So what are you going to tell my granddaughter? What are you going to tell my granddaughter? That she used to liberate herself from the... From the, from the awful existence of the marital relationship because it makes you deprive self. I asked God, why didn't you put Yvette out front and I would have been the backup guard 
we would have owned the town because obviously the woman is sharper. God gave her faculties, perfect helper. She is wonderful in manifold expression. She could own LA Fitness because she is a powerhouse, but she was created to raise up godly offspring for God's glory. And, and being older in expression, so here it is, Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you which was in Christ. What, what, am I not to do anything then? Am I just to stay at home? Listen, let this mind be in you which is in Christ. That the Bible says in verse 6, he being in the form of God, that means you're a great powerhouse. Women, nobody's saying that you're doing this because you're inept or inadequate. This is, this is, did not consider itself robbery to be equal with God. Could you go find the, the commercial that we talked about yesterday? La mujer que no trabaja. Yesterday, some of the people posted this on the internet. It's talking about the woman who doesn't work. They ask her husband, does your wife work? No, she's lazy. And they had all these bad opinions about women. And then they started taping what a woman does during the day. You can't catch her. You cannot keep up with her. You can even try to replace her. You cannot supplement her. You cannot get your mama to do your bidding. You cannot say, mommy, I've decided I'm not going to put my house at the forefront, so I want you to take care of my children. And you pick them up from school, and you take them to school, and you bathe them, and you do homework with them. And you clothe them, and you wash, and you serve, and you present. You can't do that. I know Cubans do that all the time. It's like the Gloria de la Abuela. In, in our house in Cuba, it was a, a black maid became my mother's mom because this other woman was doing PE at, at school, teaching volleyball and flushing her family down the toilet. My grandmother, she was ahead of her time. She's a feminist outright. She hated her husband and his unfaithfulness. She despised and neglected her children. Being in the form of God did not consider it something to grab at, verse 7, but took the form of a servant. Being in the form of God, verse 7, became a servant. Made himself of no reputation. What do you do for a living? And somebody had the gall to tell me that my wife doesn't do anything for a living. Doesn't your wife have a ministry? Doesn't she work? I go, listen, you imbecile. You wish you could even come to the heels of what my wife is doing for the glory of God. You wish. You wish you had even a moment. You're making $20 an hour. My wife is doing something that's priceless. You can't pay for it. Let's watch this real quick. I got to go. We got to go. Listen to this commercial. Everyone says women don't work. Look at these imbeciles they interview. La mayoría responde lo mismo. No, no trabaja. No hace nada. No hace nada, no trabaja. Y menos mal que no trabaja. Porque así puede levantarse para hacerle el desayuno a todos. Because they have to prepare breakfast for everyone early in the morning. Puede llevar a los niños a la escuela. They take their kids to school. Después hacer el mandado. They do errands. Decir que rinde el dinero del gasto. They make Porque sure claro, that they manage no the money. And they don't work because they're extra time, double time, full time. They sew. E incluso ayudar a tus hijos a hacer un paisaje con frijoles. 
porque ya sabes, no trabaja. Tiene tiempo para cuidar a un familiar enfermo. Puede tener preparada la cena cuando llegas agotado a casa. Acostar a los niños y dejar todo recogido. Total, como no trabaja. Así que la próxima vez que te pregunten, ¿a qué se dedica tu mujer? Párate a pensar, aunque sea un segundo, en todas esas mujeres a las que se les va la vida en no trabajar. Let's stand this morning. How many, how many are going to promise to get in your prayer closet with God and to say, Lord, if I'm a man, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm diligent and I'm responsible and I keep my mama bear at home with my children. It's irreplaceable. There's nothing that comes close to it. We know there's a tide flowing in the opposite direction. Listen to me. The women in church are supposed to teach this. They're not teaching this. They're not teaching this. They're teaching their daughters, you're going to become a scientist. You'll become a rocket launcher. You're going to become, you're going to become, make sure you don't need a man. Make sure you stay. Listen, bruja, quit your spell. Quit your witchcraft. You're cursing your lineage. You're cursing your husband. You're cursing your children. You're setting up for huge destruction to befall you. Father, we pray today, Lord, that our sound doctor would keep us on the landscape of your pleasure. Father, this is not a cultural thing. This is not a fashion thing. This is a straight from the pit of hell, missile launching strategy to bring the demise of these expressions upon the earth. And we pray that we would counteract this and live for your glory. And when people see that the way you have designed things work and there's peace, joy, and abundance, they're going to reconsider. We pray your blessing, your forgiveness, your washing of the blood, and your strength to deliver us from these things and that we might be able to walk in the power of that which strengthens the family, strengthens the home, and brings children to fill the earth with God's glory in the midst of a perverted and twisted generation. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.